Welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pup. What is up, everybody? It is, uh, it almost sounds like I said, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pup. It's Kilgallen's Pub, everyone. The podcast where I, Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back and drink with people and just shoot the shit, have the conversations you have at the bar with your friends. Uh, that's what this podcast is all about. But as always, I like to start off the podcast by thanking you, the listeners. Can't do it without you, especially my Patreon subscribers. You guys are amazing. All of you guys are fantastic. I just posted some new stuff. A new bonus episode of the of uh, the podcast is on the Patreon right now. I've got stamp comedian Mike Bridenstine, who's been on Comedy Central, the Eric Andre Show. We talk food. We talk baseball movies. It was a fun one. If you're not on the Patreon, get on that shit. Top tier, you get a producer credit on all YouTube podcast clips. How do you like that? I'm going to start off this with, though, a little public service announcement. If you're watching on YouTube, by the way, my eyes are all bloodshot because I've had a long ass day and barely slept. Just giving you that heads up. But here's what I'm going to be doing from now on. I've decided enough's enough. You guys have known, if anyone who's been following this podcast know, I have a really weird love-hate relationship with Twitter in particular. And uh, the internet as a whole, I'm cool with. Twitter, Facebook, those two I really can't stand. But I'm no longer going to sit back and witness people talking shit about people I like and just not say anything. You know, I used to, there was a time in my life where if I saw someone shit on a friend of mine, I remember my boy Dave Bolin was, uh, when he was with the Blackhawks, some fans shitting on him from Vancouver. I got right up in them. I got right up in those mentions and said, Hey, listen, fuck faces. You don't talk shit about my boy. You know, I had that kind of fierce loyalty. Um, dudes shitting on like female comedian friends of mine. being like, you're not funny. I'd be like, you're not funny. You know what's funny? Your stupid fucking face after I kick my, after I put my freaking awesome Reebok Classics up in your gullet. That's funny, you know? But I've since matured. I've stopped doing things like that because you really can't win overall. These people are psychos. If you have the time of day to just openly shit on someone, and sometimes it's not shitting. Sometimes it's people who are just looking for a fight for whatever reason. They had these some these purity tests or whatever they're doing, and they're going after people. And a lot of times they're friends of mine, and I just think, and I, I message them going, ah, fuck those people. And and usually that's the best way to do it. But I'm I'm sick of taking it lying down. I'm gonna mix it up again because I don't care about Twitter. Don't give a shit about it. I don't care if people are like I'm gonna unfollow you because of the way you were, or if you. Know, I just it sucks. And luckily I'm in a profession where I'm not. You know, obviously I'm not gonna tweet horrible shit that might cost me a network gig one day. But if you're coming at someone with disrespect, I think I'm going to fuck with you a little bit. I think I miss doing that. You know, good old fashioned fucking with someone because, but they deserve it. You know, not just, I'm not some mean person. I'm not some troll, but I'll give you an example, everyone. If you're wondering why I'm starting off the podcast steaming hot about this issue. Buddy of mine, Ryan Dempster. The pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. He's an all-star for the Chicago Cubs. And he now works for the team as a consultant. And he hosts a show on the Cubs network, which is called the Marquee Sports Network, called Off the Mound with Ryan du- with Ryan Dolan. I have a friend named Ryan Dolan. I told you guys, I'm tired. I didn't sleep much. Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster. Now, Dempster is an awesome dude. He's Canadian. All Canadians are awesome dudes. That's just part of the DNA up there, I think. It's too cold to be a dick, maybe. I don't know. But although I take that back because... I'm from Chicago and it's very cold here too. And we can be dickish, right? But he's a great dude. 
gives back to the community, runs charity, um, great dad, great teammate, great friend. Like, he's just an awesome guy. He'd give you the shirt off his back, that type of dude. And he handles this with way more class than I do. He makes a post about a big announcement he's got coming up, which I don't even know what it is. I'm excited. I think it's something to do with a bar. It looks like Goose Island might be doing a cool new beer thing. I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. But he makes, you know, an announcement about, hey, big news coming. And someone comments about past pitching performances and playoff games. And it's just like real shitty, like going after his playing career. And he handled it by being like, just like, cool, man. That's a good one. Like very like, oh, yeah, I, I pitched bad in that game. Like he kind of like owned it because he's smarter than me. He knows it's not worth your time. And, um, and I was talking to another dude today and he's like, you don't know what these people are going through. And I like to think that, yeah, that's, they're probably, they got a shit life, you know? But then some of the times I'm just like, you know what? Fuck these people. Maybe they're doing it over and over again because everyone has just written them off. Maybe a little attention is what they need. Maybe I'll go at them and say, Hey, fuckhead, at least you pitch in the major leagues. What are you doing? Huh? What are you the backup catcher on your 16 inch softball team? You loser, you piece of shit. You don't even have your your own picture in your profile. Is that because you're so ugly? Is that what it is? You know, maybe I come at him like that. And he's like, hey, fuck. And then we kind of go back and forth. And then I just finally stop. And I go, who hurt you? And then he says, I'll be honest with you, man. I had an abusive stepfather. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry to hear that. He's like, yeah, man. He, he wanted me to make the show. He wanted me to be a big leaguer. And I, and I failed. And so now I get mad at other big leaguers on Twitter. And I'm like, well, let's talk about that, man. And he's like, all right, well. And then all of a sudden, he's he's healing. He's 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 back on the, on the mend. And it's all because I stepped in and told him, don't, don't talk shit about my friends. Fuckhead. Fuckhead's one of my favorites, by the way. I'm bringing back fuckhead. So uh, not that fuckhead went anywhere. Did it go anywhere? I don't think it did. So that's just a fair warning. And maybe if you need help, anyone listening, if someone comes in your mentions, someone starts adding you, as they say, and they're, they're talking trash, you, you tap me on the, the virtual shoulder. Because don't actually touch me. This pandemic's still still going on. I only got my first shot. And uh, you're not near me. So again, don't touch me. I'll, I'll step in. I'll swoop in and be like, dipshit says what? And then they say what? And then I go, so you're me, you're a dipshit? <laughs> got you. I got you. And I got you, the listener. So again, if you need if you need the help, hit me up. And we'll take care of some stuff. As you notice, I am rocking a solo podcast today. I did do a bonus episode with Mike Bridenstine, last week's episode with Joe Fernandez. You could catch up on that. And uh, the sound quality, again, I apologize for the three-year anniversary episode, which we did live at the pub at Galway Bay Pub, 500 West Diversity in Chicago, Illinois. If you're ever in town, you got to check out that bar. It's a one-of-a-kind place. It's got a pool table. It's got Nintendo. It's the best. Tell them Joe Kilgallen sent you. I don't know if they'll get you a drink, but just say it. It might be cool. They'll text me going, hey, someone said you sent them. You know anything about this? I go, yeah, be nice to them, right? So, uh, yeah, I don't have a guest this week. I'll be back to having guests regularly next week. Um, A lot going on because I am launching a Cubs podcast. As you guys know, that's my other passion is the sport of baseball, my Chicago Cubs in particular. That's when I met Ryan Dempster. You know, we're just talking about that a little bit earlier. So I did some some work for that. And the baseball's opening day is in um, tomorrow. You're listening to this on a Wednesday. It's Thursday, April 1st. And uh, do you guys do April Fools? I just thought about that with April 1st. April Fools is like, I think you can get away with it in grade school, but once you get to a certain age, people go over the top with it. You know, they usually make a post. Someone you know will make a post where it's like, we're having a baby. And then you're like, are they really having a fucking baby? You know? 
And then sometimes they do where it's like, no, just kidding. It's like, well, you've been married for five years. So that's not even a good April Fool's. You ever have that where someone does like, uh, ah, I'm just fucking with you. And you're like, that's not a good, I'm just fucking with you. Because what you just said is incredibly believable. I got a story for you guys. We're t- I'm going to take it back to, this would have been the summer of 2001. No, not the summer. No, the fall of 2000, because it was football season. Now, we were coming back from a game. I played on uh, the sophomore team. I broke my leg that was out for the season. So at this point, I'm, I've got a, I'm rocking a big cast, and I got crutches, you know. And, you know, we'd go to the games as a team on the bus. But if your parents went to the games, they would let you drive back. Now, my parents weren't at the game because, again, I had a broken leg. Why would they go to the game to, to watch their son just stand there? You know what the cool thing I did with the broken leg being that guy on the, on the sidelines? When we scored a touchdown, I took both crutches and I put them in the air, like, you know, to, to signal touchdown. People thought that was kind of cool. But I uh, got a ride with my boy, my buddy. Uh, should I say his name? I don't know. Just say my friend Mike. Now, my friend Mike, his uh, parents were amazing people. I run into them every now and then. But the dad is, I don't know what the term is, like legally... You're not supposed to say, I'm just going to say it, but know that I, I know you're not supposed to midget. I don't think that's the term people say anymore. He's legally, I don't know. He's not like super short, but he's, I think he's like 4'10", 4'8". I don't know. He's, but he's really small, right? Um, he's not like Vern Troyer. He's not like mini me in the Austin Powers movies, but he's, you know, he's in 4'8", 4'10", or something like that. And his sons are both well over, one's like 6'1", the other's like 6'4", I think, so. Uh, Mother Nature, right? And uh, great guy, so funny. I, this is the first time I met him. So first time I'm meeting this man, I have the broken leg. He then says to me, hey, Joe, you know, I, I once broke every growth plate in my body. And in my head, I'm like, oh, shit. Well, that's that's why you're four foot eight. I didn't say that out loud, but in my brain, I'm like, oh, oh, wow, that's really interesting. That's That explains that then, I guess, huh? He then says, hey, Joe, are you hungry? And I go, no, no, I'm good. He goes, well, that's good because I just fed you a bunch of bullshit. And I'm like, the fuck? Like, what you just said was incredibly believable, though. That's not a gotcha. You know, that's not me being gullible. Like, if I met someone who was missing an arm and they were like, you see this? Iraq. And I'm like, ah, dude, that sucks. It's like, just kidding. Chipper. Wood chipper. This guy's an idiot. I'd be like, no, you're a fucking idiot. You lost your arm in a wood chipper. Don't, Don't give me the hard time, you know? Why am I getting a fucking thing that says my connection's unstable when I'm plugged into the Ethernet? <sighs> I don't fucking know what's happening. I've been having that was another thing all this past week, everyone, some technological issues. I bought an Ethernet thing that way I could go right from my laptop into the internet, but it's going into a Wi-Fi extender. My wife and I are cleaning out one whole different section of the basement so I could kind of build an office over there. Cause right now I'm just along a wall in my basement and I have to set up and take it down every day because I don't want my four-year-old and almost two-year-old son knocking my shit about. So that's just a little side note there for you. Anyway, though, that's a weird way to fuck with someone. As I was saying before my internet said it was getting a little lagged. It's just a weird little like, ah, ha, ha, ha. so that's why I was wondering, I'm like, dude, April Fool's, I just see whenever I seen it, because uh, you know, on April 1st, you're going to see some weird thing on Facebook or Twitter. And at first you're going to be like, really? <laughs> What's the date? April 1st. That's why I kind of think like April Fool's is for kids. Aren't most holidays for kids? Easter's coming up, painting eggs, egg hunts, putting shit in plastic eggs, chocolate eggs, chocolate bunnies. Is there anything more overrated than chocolate bunny? It's too much chocolate. 
I remember getting a chocolate bunny as a kid, even when I was like an obsessive, I love candy type of kid. You, you get halfway through the freaking neck, right? I start, you start with the ears. You got to start with the ears, right? You start with the feet and leave the head last. I don't know. That just seems weird. Plus you're eating bunny crotch at that point. No, you start with the ears, you work your way down. But by the time you're working bunny collarbone, you're like, this is just an insane amount of chocolate. I was never Cadbury egg guy. I don't know. The commercials were cool as a kid though. Cause it was like a bunny acting like different things. I think I do like the Reese's peanut butter cup eggs. Cause they're just Reese's peanut butter cups in the shape of an egg. It's fun. I like that. They do that around Christmas time with different stuff, you know, like one's a candy cane or something like that. So I appreciate that. But Easter, I don't know. It's not just, I know as a Catholic, it should be one of the, like, it's a big one. Jesus was like, I'm back, you know? Um, some people were probably like, I didn't even, where did he go? He went somewhere? Yeah, on Friday, dude. You don't remember this on Friday? They, they, they fucking crucified him on Friday. Where were you? It's like, well, dude, well, Jesus was, he stopped doing the carpentry work. Right? We only had two carpenters in this town. Jesus was one of them. All of a sudden, he's running off, punctious pilots, yelling at him. I don't know. I got a lot of work. I got a lot of phone calls for carpentry. And so I just start, you know, hammering some nails, man. And then now you're telling me that's what happened to him? He got hammered nail. Like, how come no one ever points that out? Jesus was a carpenter. These people work with nails and wood. And he got nailed to a piece of wood. It looked like the letter T across, if you will. You know, did they do that on purpose? Is that how they did it back then? What your profession was, was how you die? A lot of prostitutes back then. How did they kill them? How did they crucify a prostitute? I don't even want to think about it. It seems, it seems like it could be really, really gross. So yeah, not in a fisherman. Did they just go like, we're going to throw you in with a bunch of piranhas? Were they able to get piranhas? Were the piranhas available, readily available? Whatever the closest sea was in the Mideast at the time? I don't know. It just seems like a really, I guarantee you, as they were putting those hand, those nails through Jesus, he was thinking the fucking irony. You know, I know he was very much like, I'm dying for your sins. And he, he, he looked up and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they have done. Great man right there. You know, again, handled things better than I would have in that situation. Because if it was me, I'd have been like, fuck this shit. I'd be like, dad, smite these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Do the Thor lightning bolts. And then I come out of it. That's what I would have done. That's why I'm not the Messiah. That and that alone is why I am not the chosen one. So now you know. Now you know. But yeah, most holidays, I think the point was, are for children. Uh, that's why the adult ones that you could enjoy as an adult. Christmas, if you're a parent, is very enjoyable to see the looks on your children's faces as they get the present they always wanted. And then they thank a guy who didn't buy it for them. Santa. Um, Halloween can be fun as an adult. As kids, it's, you know, as a parent, again, you dress them up. That's kind of fun. We did a whole Avengers theme last year, which is great. And then you go out at night and the women are like, what's up? Here's my ass. And I'm like, what's up, girl? That's nice ass. I'm married, but I could look, you know, and then they're like, oh, well, that's, it's true. You could, because it'd be weird if I was like, don't look at my ass when I'm dressed this way. And I'm like, yeah, no respect though. Hey, respect. You know, I'm, I wouldn't do it normally, but it's Halloween. And then um, what other St. Patrick's Day. That's why St. Patrick's is awesome because it's, it's an adult holiday. No children involved. Every now and then you'll meet someone who's like, oh, well, my family, we we had a dinner. And then, pff, not doing that. And my kids will understand. They're like, look, you get daddy for all the other holidays. But St. Patrick's Day, I'm getting up early. And I'm going to get into some stupid things. Not like dangerous, but I'm, I'm going to start drinking and being loud as soon as I can. Very early. And I'm wearing green. Which I know, as you guys can tell, I'm wearing blue right now if you're watching it on YouTube. 
Makes the eyes pop. Green dulls them slightly. Still, though, I look like a, like a fine morning along the Irish Sea, just as the dew comes up on the horizon. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I was trying to be poetic. A lot of Irish people are poetic. Not me. I think that's the American. It got lost on the, the travels across the Atlantic from my ancestors. And I'm just... I have a way with words, I feel like. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know I could, I could, I could twist a phrase every so often. So yeah, on the holiday front, um, here's something interesting, right? This uh, I want to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier first. No, we'll wait. We'll wait on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I want to talk about this dude. I want you guys to look up Representative, U.S. House of Representatives, Matt Gates. I believe is how you pronounce it. G-A-E-T-Z. Is now being investigated for sexual relationship with a teen. And um, if you look at him, if you look at the picture of this guy, he looks exactly like someone who would have a sexual relationship with a teen and be real scummy about it. Um, I hope that video doesn't play. I just clicked on something to get a better look at the report. It was a 17-year-old girl, which in Florida is very believable. For some reason, no disrespect to Florida. I got family down there. But if, of all the states, you're kind of like, it seems skeezy enough, right? Um, yeah, so the Attorney General, William Barr, well, the investigation started in the final months of the Trump administration, which is interesting because Gates is a Republican. So tip of the hat to William Barr, who I didn't respect for other things, but I do respect with this. Uh, it says the agency is looking into whether Gates, a close ally of the former president, violated federal, again, he was an ally of the president, uh, federal sex trafficking laws by paying for the young women to travel with him outside of Florida. Can't be taking 17-year-olds across state lines. Um because I'm not even sure, maybe 17's age of consent might be, it might be legal for him to be banging 17-year-olds in Florida. Every state's different. So it says early Tuesday, it was reported uh, Gates, who was 38, young, but this is definitely going to screw up his uh, greater ambitions, uh, told associates he was considering not seeking re-election so that he could pursue a job opportunity with the staunchly conservative network Newsmax. That's a big thing this side of the aisle does. Um, you know, I try to have respect Right. But there's some things where it's like, I don't see this on the Democrat. Actually, no, I'm lying. I'm lying because no, a lot of them do work that the like, you know, Cuomo is probably going to get a job in New York. Which, by the way, screw Andrew Cuomo. OK, Cuomo, Cuomo. There's he's skeezy as hell, too. And let's go back to hating politicians. That's I'll give you a little sneak peek into the bonus uh Patreon episode of the podcast. The latest one that was just posted today. Patreon.com slash Joe Kilgallen. I was talking about comedian Mike Bridenstine. About could we all, all of us, that's that could be the one thing that could possibly make America more united. That and actually uh, treating each other way, way, way better, like uh, with respect equally and having some kind of like real consistent justice. But could we go back to treating politicians with uh, like screw them all? I remember there was a brief time in my life. I think it was coming up around the 96 election. I was very young, but I remember just being like, oh, everyone hates politicians. That's what it is. People just think they're all like scumbags. You know what I mean? Um, it definitely feels like it needs, we need to remind ourselves, these people work for us, but they don't. They get into the office and they immediately become um, corporate shills. You know, they do whoever pays them because the taxpayers are only paying, I think a congressman makes like 200000 a year or something like that, which is a great living. 
But they all go, oh, I could get a couple million from them, a couple million from that. And then that's where we all hate them. But we need to go back to that. Let's stop being fans. Even the ones that are doing good jobs, there's no need to be fans of these people. I say that as someone who had like a Kennedy poster framed. And, um, I, you know, if they, if they, I'm not saying, saying maybe it sounds like I'm backtracking a little bit. It's just, it's not a sports team. They're not a band. They're not an actor or actress. They're not providing you entertainment. I feel like you should be fans of entertainment. You could have respect, have a great deal of respect, right? There's, there's been great politicians in history where it's like, I respect them and they earn the respect. And, and if they've had an impact, yes, when they're retired, throw a frame picture on the wall. If you've met them even, frame picture on the wall. All right, fine. But this weirdo, like... We're going to wave flags and have hats and posters and they're my spirit animal and all this other weirdo shit. It's just, it's enough because it never surprises me, you know? So yeah, he's going to design early retirement for a gig with Newsmax, which is trying to outfox Fox News. That's essentially what they're doing in case you don't know what Newsmax is. Um, they all do this thing where it's like, we're the more honest political network and they'll use examples of Fox being f- legitly fair and balanced. Um, which has always never been used correctly by them. But there's been times where it's like, oh, look, Shepard Smith was reasonable about a subject. And then they go, you see this? They're not putting America first. And it's like, well, what does that have to do with anything? You know, I th- there's, there are times where I'm like, yeah, politicians who really put the American people before some other stuff. And then there are times where it has nothing to do with anything. And they go, he's not putting America first. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're, there's... there's an oil spill off the coast of something. They're trying to figure out, well, what does that like have to, you know, it's always someone that's like, I'm poor and yet they're taking care of these. But like, what does one have to, not everything correlates to you and your shitty life per people who are upset. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Cause most of my listeners, I feel like are, are pretty damn cool people who don't blame like anything that's going on in their life on others. Um, whether you're left or right, which, you know, again, this is not a political podcast at all, but this guy I've seen post enough stuff where he was shitty so that's why I'm like, you know what? Let's blast this loser, right? Gates told the Times that while his lawyers have been in contact with the Justice Department, he has been told he is not a target of an investigation. I only know that it has to do with women, Gates told the paper. I have a suspicion that someone is trying to recategorize my generosity to ex-girlfriends as something more untoward. Dude, you're banging teens, okay? He goes, I have definitely in my single days provided women. I've dated Gates, added, you know, I paid for flights for hotel rooms. I've been... You know, generous as a partner. This is I'm quoting him now. I think someone is trying to make that look criminal when it's not. We'll see how it goes. But I think the main reason I wanted to share the story is because I wanted you guys to look him up, especially if you go to yahoonews.com. The picture they show of him, he's just got this really orange wannabe tan. He's even combing his hair like a young Trump family member. You know, he's just one of those dudes that you could just tell is like fucking kiss ass. And and a guy that's probably like been at some banquet and he's cornering the coat check girl, you know, just like in a real scumbaggish way. There's so many people look the part. It's like that, right? You watch the local news and, uh, you know, I have a joke about this. It's on my last, uh, my last hour, everybody. If you're watching this on YouTube, go click over that. Can't remember the name of the joke it's on. I think it's on, um, what the hell is that joke called? Mass shooters. It's on the mass shooters joke. And there's a line in it about how whenever you watch the local news and they go, suburban high school janitor turns out to be child molester, they show his picture and you're like, yeah, definitely. It feels this way. Whenever there's a congressman who's banging a teen, they show his picture and you're like, you look like that guy. 
It's almost never they don't. Does the crime make the person look more like it? I, I wonder. Because I don't think that's true. I think we've all been in a situation where we've all been out in public. Maybe you're on a city bus and you look across and you're like, I would not let that dude sit anywhere near me or someone I care about. All been there. My back is fucking killing me right now. I'm going to lean back a little bit, everybody. Hopefully I didn't move the mic into a spot which did sound well for y'all. When I want that to happen, I did some shows. Comedy is back. Uh, it's not back 100%. They've got, you know, capacity restrictions still. But I did my first shows outside the city on Saturday night. Before I get to that, I got to give shout outs to Dario Dunham. Is it Durham or Dunham? Sorry, buddy. I'm blanking on your name. I don't have it in front of me. He's running a couple kick-ass shows right now. But I did the one at Zany's Comedy Club. That was Wednesday. Shout out to Brian Morton as well. He booked me... Um, on the Blake Show Saturday night. So that was kind of a fun Saturday for me. And also Curtis Shaw flag at the Laugh Factory. Um, Laugh Factory's got, there's so many great spots in Chicago comedy right now. If you're coming through the city, please, please check out stand-up comedy in Chicago. Uh, all the shows were fun. Literally, I really mean that. Every one of them was fun. Saturday night, I did two shows out in, uh, thanks to my guy, Joe. Super Italian last name, and no, no, he listens to this podcast too. He's gonna be so pissed at me that I can't pronounce his last name, dude. I can't. I'm having one of those days. I'm blanking on your name, pal. I'm sorry. I love you to death, dude. I'll shout you out. I'll tag you in the description if I can remember. I will. Um, it's really late. On, it's, it's almost midnight on a Wednesday, so I'm exhausted. No excuse, guys. I got to be entertaining, right? That's what podcasts are about. He runs two great shows now. Uh, that is six o'clock and eight o'clock at uh, this wine shop called The Bottle Shop in um, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is just about an hour, 15 minutes north of Chicago. Not too far from Milwaukee, I imagine, because of that. And uh, the crowds were great. They were great. The other comedians were great. The venue was cool. There was I, I had some chatter with the crowd, but it all worked in my favor. Because um, sometimes these crowds, look, I think a lot of times people are they're new to a comedy show. They're just getting back out there, too. And maybe I think there's, there's been stories uh, from other comedians where it's like this audience did not know how to act. And I think that's we're going to see a lot of amateurish stuff at bars and restaurants and concerts and, and comedy shows and sporting events. Because a lot of people were cooped up and now they're back into the world being re-released into the wild and they're not going to know how to behave. And so there was one woman who was really chatty. And I remember a couple of the other comedians were like, this woman, you'll, she's chatty. And I went out there and she, of course, started to talk. And I go, you know what? They warned me about you. And I asked, I go, well, where is she in the crowd? And they're like, oh, you'll find her. And there you are. Of course, there you are. And even before you said anything, I remember thinking, that's you. If we're playing a game of guess who. I'm telling everyone else to go down. You'd be the only person up. I would know that quickly. It's you. Then I, you know, I settled her down. And what was cool about this crowd, and both shows had some chatty people, is once they realized I knew what the fuck I was doing, and that I was able to turn it around on them and do it very quickly and humorously. If I could pat myself on the back, and I will. Then they they fell in line and they were great. They were a great crowd. Um, and then every now and then there's a funny response and you got to give it up for those people. As a comedian, sometimes there's no need to have the last word or make sure you're the funniest. If someone gets a good line out of the crowd, I have no problem with just being like smiling at the audience being like, that's a good one. Hey, man. Nice. Unless they're trying to like make me look bad. And then it's, then it's on, then it's war. But this dude had a funny retort. I was talking about the year 2020 where everyone hates that year and it's a terrible year, but somewhere out there, someone had a great 2020 and they feel bad about it. 
And I talk about like a scenario in which there's some guy out there who, you know, maybe some schlub who just never was able to figure it out with women, you know, some like, you know, gangly looking guy with just glasses and a weird haircut. And I, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with anything I'm saying, but you guys get it, right? I just realized I might be describing someone listening. I'm not, not that I could think of. I'm just making, I'm thinking of like a Revenge of the Nerds type of thing. You know, one of those dudes that he finally in 2020 got him some. He got his dick sucked for the first time in the year 2020. And yet he can't celebrate it because it was such a bad year for everyone else. I feel, I feel for that guy. And as I'm telling the joke, the audience is laughing, but there's a row where they were like kind of nudging or they point at the one guy. And so I'm like, oh, you had a good 2020? What, what happened to you in 2020? And uh, he said, oh, I got to come in her mouth, which was a line I said. I go, you know, the guy's thinking to himself, yeah, sure, 500,000 people died, but I got to come in someone's mouth for the first time. And so then I said, what'd you do? And he was like, I got to come in her mouth. And he pointed right to the woman next to him. And to her credit, she didn't like smack him or hit him. She laughed. And it made me think, did that really, is that really what it was? And, you know, they're messing around a little bit. And I investigate further because you see they're cool. That's what you got to do. So he had that line where he's like, yeah, I got to come in her mouth. He did a callback to one of my jokes. Right away, I respect him because he's listening. So I'm like, all right, this guy's great. And he had good timing. He responded without hesitation to it as a callback to one of my lines. And he was funny. The crowd laughed. They were already laughing at my joke. There's no competition here. I want everyone to have a good time. That's how I view it. That's why I always think like I'd be a great writer on a sitcom or something like that, or just a writer on any TV show. Because I always hear stories about writers being like, oh, the actor changed and the writer got mad or they improv and the writer, you know, these writers, they, they're so married to every word. I'm like, I wouldn't care. Do they make it funnier? Right? That's what we're about. Everyone have a good time. Who cares if someone tweaked it to make it better? I'm not. Drop the ego. More and more people need to think about that. You got to drop the ego, everyone. So I then investigate further. I'm talking to them, you know, and I discover they're married, right? They look like a real cute couple, early 30s, maybe I'm guessing, maybe late 20s. It's tough to tell. Some, it's, they look like they're hard drinkers, you know, that ages you a bit. And I was like, any kids? They go, no, we're trying. And then I go, well, you're coming in the wrong spot. And that got a big response. And I'm like, because, you know, he had said he was coming in her mouth. And I go, yeah, you got, I don't know how tall she is, but you got, you got to aim about two feet lower. And then they, they were fun. They were a cool crowd to talk to in that sense. Second show, I may have discovered a, a distant relative, perhaps. Who knows? There's this woman. There's a row of like six or seven women. And they were, I, I hope they don't mind me saying this, but they were like in their 50s. Not all of them, but the couple, I was the main two who were talking. And um, I don't know, something got mentioned with me looking really Irish. And they were like, oh, she's Irish. And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm from... Uh, she named the count the town she was born in because she was like born in Ireland, but she didn't have the accent. I guess she came over when she was like seven or something like that. So it was long since gone. The lovely Irish accent. And uh, I go, oh, well, what's your name? And then she said, Mary Nyland. And I'm like spelled N-I-L-A-N-D. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, it's my grandmother's name. That's crazy. You know, and then we were talking both from County Mayo, Ireland. And and I didn't get to really, I didn't like, that was talking in the show. I didn't like hang out afterwards because I had to haul ass to Zanies to do the late show. See, that's what I miss. And that's why I'm happy to see coming back. I love that grind. There is nothing more satisfying to me as a stand-up comedian than doing multiple sets in one night, especially when you know you're starting to build. I got a couple new jokes that are getting momentum after, you know, not doing much stand-up at all this last year and releasing an hour in 2020. I released the album and the special on YouTube called I Didn't Say Anything Bad. And then right when that was released, I started working on some new stuff and then everything shut down forever. 
And it kind of gave me this hungry feeling of, yes, I could, I could start building again. I mean, I don't know when I'm going to get a new hour, but I definitely have a new close to 10 minutes, almost 10 minutes that I'm like, this is some strong stuff. Um, so I'm really excited to see where that's going. All right. I'm a little over 30 minutes now. I wanted to keep this tight as a solo podcast, just me. I didn't want to not release one on Wednesday. I wanted to stay consistent to releasing at least one a week every Wednesday. There was talks, there still is talks of me doing two a week. And if I get this office built, it'll be so much easier for me um, on my life. You know, I'll just be honest with you guys. It was uh, the second wave was was hard in a lot of ways, um, just mentally, you know, not being able to have a lot of interaction with friends and things like that. And, um, you know, my wife working on a COVID floor as a nurse, just it, it was rough. And to, that's where, you know, you guys who listen know, sometimes I'll say, oh, I'm going to have two out this week and then you get one. And I, I keep talking about wanting to do a schedule in which I pop on. Oh, shit. Something's almost falling on me over here. Um, where I pop on and, and do a solo one. Because I like riffing like this. It's it's fun. It's it's cool to be able to just go off on a topic if something happens. So release one solo episode a week and one episode with a guest. I feel like that's really where I want to take this podcast. And I haven't stuck with that as much as I'd like to have. But if I could really you know, get some stuff set up where I have like this studio that's where I could just leave this set up. Because sometimes, you know, the sound's inconsistent on this podcast and it's driving me nuts. And I'm like, yeah, because I have to take everything down and then I have to play with the fucking, the levels and shit like that. If I could just have everything in one spot, not to touch it or just sit my ass in the seat and speak. And then I could have some consistency because I feel like I had like five or six podcasts in a row where I was apologizing to you guys for the quality. And I'm like, this is just, it's getting tedious. And I'm sure people are just like, oh, let me guess. Your fucking audio quality sucks again. You know? And um, and I love James Webb producing the podcast. I'm not with his network anymore. But I highly encourage everyone to keep checking out the People of Comedy Podcast Network. We didn't have a falling out or anything. We still talk all the time. Um, but I'm a producer of Communities You Should Know. And there was talks forever of doing Communities You Should Know Network long before People of Comedy came around. And the Communities You Should Know Network is going to have access to... This a studio that's being built with Communities You Should Know Money, which I, of course, helped accumulate, as, as well as the Communities You Should Know email list, which I, again, helped build. So it, it didn't make sense for me not to be with that network, um, but tons of love with to the People of Comedy Podcast Network. And I'm sure we'll collaborate with them and do all sorts of work uh, with them. The Communities You Should Know Podcast Network is in no way competing with them. Um, also, this is there's an abundance out there. There is enough out there for everybody, and um, a rising tide lifts all boats, one of my favorite expressions. And to everything, everyone out there, if I could just end with some positivity, I, my goal with the podcast is always fun. Let's have fun. Let's laugh. Let's share. Let's you know have guests on to also talk about funny things or to bring you some value, you know, whatever their, their, like, you know, their story is. I like to share their story with you. That's the goal of this podcast is always to have fun. I want this to be a fun thing that you guys listen to in your car while you're working out shit. That's going to make you laugh out loud. And some of the shit's going to make you think, or someone's going to be like, Hey, that's cool. That's interesting. Like when I talked about having the broken leg earlier, you know, the guy, you know, fucking four foot eight guy lying to me. I never had, a, I never had a fucking midget lie to me before. Why would I believe it then? As a, as a 15 year old, it doesn't add up. How does it? All right. I just got canceled for saying the M word. I don't know what you'd say. Legal, you know, there's like legally blind. I remember someone saying at the time, like he's legally, and I think they said midget, but 
I don't think you're allowed to say midget. I have to find that out. If this gets used to get me fired from something in the future, I apologize. I legitly don't know the term. And if you are, what, I don't, I, did I say little people now is the term? But that sounds fucking more insulting to me. Because um, it's a, like, he's a little person. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? You know what I mean? You can call me like small-minded? What are you saying? You said I'm one of the little people? Like, like I'm beneath you? Like, status-wise? Dude, I'll bite your fucking kneecaps off. That's what I would, that's what I would think. Right. Anyway. All right, everyone. That's been the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Check out the Patreon. Uh, You guys are the best and have yourselves a good week. Cheers.